It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Now it's time for Cannonball. It's a segment where we take classic albums or albums that probably ought to be classics and bring smart, funny people onto the show to tell us what makes them so great. This time, we'll hear from Nathan Rabin. Nathan is a writer. He's covered pop culture for the AV Club and the Dissolve, among others. He's also the author of several books. He wrote Weird Al the Book and another one called You Don't Know Me But You Don't Like Me, Fish, Insane Clown Posse, and My Misadventures with Two of Music's Most Maligned Tribes. Nathan has a new book out, an even deeper dive into Weird Al. It's called The Weird Accordion to Al, Every Weird Al Yankovic Album Obsessively Analyzed. So really, who better to bring on our show to obsessively analyze a classic Weird Al album? Anyway, Nathan's Weird Al record of choice, 1984's Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. Here's Nathan Raven. In 3D was Weird Al's second album. And he was in a very interesting, very kind of singular space where he was following up his 1983 debut, his self-titled debut. They had no idea if this guy had any kind of a future as a recording artist. You know, he was still a fluke. He was still, you know, kind of somebody who got lucky with a couple of songs on his first album. So I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, this was his true uh, debut. Another way in which uh, the debut... um, feels not quite genuine, you know, is that a lot of the songs on it had already been released. Uh, My uh, Bologna uh, had already been released as a single on Capitol. An entire decade earlier, you know, it came out around Christmas time, 1979. So he was... I feel like this was kind of his shot, you know, to put things in in, in Eminem terms. Uh, This was his moment, and he had to seize it and kind of prove to the world that he was a recording artist, that he was legitimate, that he was genuine. I mean, to himself, I think he probably had to prove that, like, I didn't make a mistake not being an architect. Another thing that really separates this from the debut is that on that one, every single song, the accordion was kind of the primary uh, instrument. And that was a big part of the gimmick. You know, that was a big part of the novelty of what made him different is here was this crazy kid performing rock and roll music on an accordion. Uh, Within 3D, they realized the limitations of that. They realized we don't want to just be wacky. You know, we don't want to just be outrageous. We want to create something that will connect with the mainstream. The first song and the first single on In 3D is probably the song you're most familiar with if you are a Weird Al fan. If you're not a Weird Al fan, that song is the zeitgeist-capturing smash hit, Eat It. Now, this would be uh, another example of him taking 
what you would imagine would be a very, very limited idea or a very limited formula and making something really wonderful out of it and incredibly overachieving. I feel like with all of the parodies, they're just so unbelievably overachieving. And if you just look at the comic idea, they're not that inspired, but the execution and the attention to detail is what makes it transcendent and what makes it able to listen to it over and over and over again. noteworthy song on this album is Mr. Popeil. And one of the things that Al does that people don't necessarily know about or don't understand or appreciate the way they do his parodies is he does pastiches or he does style parodies. And what he'll do is he will take an artist who he loves like Devo or the Talking Heads uh, or in this case the B-52s and he will take their music apart and then put it back together and basically create a song that they would do um, in an alternate universe or alternately a song that they would never do and that's where the humor comes from. Mr. Uh, and with B-52s and Mr. Popeil, there's this interesting non-incongruity where it is kind of a zany, wacky-sounding song about wacky, zany subject material that sounds zany and wacky as well. And it is a tribute slash parody slash homage of the Popeil family. There's a sale on our gabardine suits today. They're all 30% off from yesterday. King of Suede uh, is one of my very favorite songs on here. And I think one of the things that makes it work so spectacularly well is that it is a parody of a police song. And the police uh, almost their defining characteristic is they took themselves very, very, very seriously. The song is very dour. The song is very serious. I mean, it's literally called Gang of Pain. If Sting and the police had a sense of humor, if they had a sense of humor about themselves, that would be self-parody, but they don't. So it took Al to do external parody to it. We got Another thing that makes this the best Riddle Yankovic album is that he was a real creature of New Wave. Like, that was his moment. That were his people. They had synthesizers. They were weird. They had a sense of humor about themselves. And this and uh, the follow-up, Dare to be Stupid, like, those are his New Wave albums where you feel like there's not that uh, distance necessarily between who he is as an artist and who he is parodying uh, and who he's taking inspiration from. There's just this kind of... Um, wonderful confluence of subject matter and then sound. There's a 
This is the first of his albums that has a polka medley. Uh, and before I started writing about him, before I started collaborating with him, I think I always saw that as filler, you know? It's just kind of like something that is fun, you know, but kind of disposable. And over the course of this project, I came to see it as very, very central to who he is as a musician, to what his whole ideology is. And what that is, is puncturing pop pretension. He closes the album uh, on Nature Trail to Hell, uh, and I kind of I have a, a lot of different goofs uh, and a lot of riffs on the uh, in the book. One of which is I kind of posit him as the accidental founder of horrorcore, which is the kind of uh, rap music that's very influenced by horror movies and violence and serial killers and uh, insane clown posse. Uh, our example of that ghetto boys. Uh, and I'm kind of joking, and I'm kind of not joking, uh, because there is a lot of horrific and violent and disturbing imagery in his songs and Nature Trail to Hell, which is the final song on the album. That's when he gets really dark and really weird and kind of experimental and kind of aggressive. Again, this is the kind of song that dares you to turn it off, or this is the kind of song that dares mothers and fathers to turn it off. Don't spoil the big surprise. Pretty amazing, and yeah, I've been shocked at what an amazingly fertile and rich subject uh, sort of really where Del Yankovic has been and how much uh, sort of bigger and more expansive than I think kind of people's conception of him, uh, sort of his career has really been. Uh, this is Weird Al's masterpiece, and he is the best and most successful person in the world at what he does. Nathan Raven, on the record he submits to the canon of great works of popular music, Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. Nathan Raven's book, The Weird According to Al, every Weird Al Yankovic album obsessively analyzed, is out now in a special 500-page expanded edition. Raven truly leaves no stone left unturned in the Weird Al oeuvre, and we are eternally grateful to Nathan for taking on that mighty task. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is produced out of the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, where just the other day, I went on to weatherunderground.com to check what the weather forecast for the next day was. And it said, tomorrow is forecast to be much cooler than today. 
and the forecast for tomorrow was 96, high of 96, much cooler. 96. That's where we're at here in Los Angeles. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio and Jordan Cowling are our associate producers. We get help from Casey O'Brien. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Thanks to them and to their label, Memphis Industries, for letting us use it. You can keep up with the show on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.